1: Break 80. This guy's break 80. In your have you seen anything like that? This is episode 39 of the Break 80 Podcast and the streak has continued. Team Rose comes up clutch for me this week to extend the streak to four winners in a row for the podcast and to break it all down. I'm joined by my colleagues, Mike and Tim, who are so far behind. I'm wondering if someday you guys are going to be WDing from the pick segment this season.
2: Oh, this week's going to be a big turnaround week for my squad. I can feel it. I got some good picks coming for
0: later in the episode. Coming from behind the specialty over here, so uh, (laughs) it's going to be okay. We're going to to find a way back. Uh, I'm behind in our match play, too, so it's going to be a big year for me.
1: Got you guys right where I want you. <laughs> well, well, we have Justin Rose. Justin Rose got the W. That's my pick. And Mike, um, I'm wearing my beautiful rose-colored hat God. in honor of Justin Rose.
2: That guy, um, you know, for being a former world number one and whatever, he's so boring and bland. He's like, he's like the Mayo. He's like the Mayo of the of the golf world. He's good. Every few years, it's good to have once in a while. That's about it, because he's it's so bland and boring and
0: not fun at all. But well, anyway, and we talked about this. It's not the only food comparison that we have here for the podcast. Oh, yeah. There we are got some, we got a number ahead. of top top ten players that uh compare well to foods. Oh, absolutely! We
2: got some, we got some good ones here. Straight, right down If you go right down the world golf rank, ranking list with Rory at number one.
1: Yeah, let's start with Rory. So these guys want to break down top ten players in the world with the kind of food that they are, starting with, obviously, Justin Rose, who won. He's, I guess, mayo.
2: Yeah, I mean, you Rory could go – With Rose, you could go, like, toast, like buttered toast, you know, whatever, just really boring, bland, whatever. But Rory's number one.
1: So so his three iron off the, the tee on 18 was boring and bland?
2: Should well, maybe bye-bye. be.
1: Five iron didn't go five close. iron. He okay. couldn't. Even, ar- he
0: couldn't even put in a. a that's a mid iron off the tee. I Love would it. argue disqualification
2: warranted. Possibly just DQ him for that because that was ridiculous. Like he could have blasted driver into the ocean and still won. He could have at least tried to pump something up by the tree like a man. I've I've
0: played that course. You can't get ob. The ob is so far right on that hole. <laughs> you you could have like blasted it to the right side of that bunker.
1: I got uh, the W. But all right, Rory McIlroy. What kind of food is he?
0: Tim, what do you got? I put bangers and mash just because we have to keep it culturally uh, relevant, right? A little something from the UK. Uh, not always exciting, but uh, sometimes really packs a punch with a couple of red pepper flakes.
2: <laughs> I uh, I got a, I got a little different take. Mine's not really a food. It's more of a condiment, and that's ranch dressing. Um you know, it's just the right blend of of power, touch, charisma, and, and and people just and people just can't get enough of it, especially here in Minnesota. You, you, you can what Rory, brand you of can put ranch dressing are you, you. can put Rory, charisma? you can put
0: Rory on anything, and it'll it'll work. What uh, what what brand <laughs> of ranch dressing has charisma?
2: Oh, I don't know, Hidden Valley maybe. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you, couldn't tell you my, my my ranch brands.
1: I mean, I think he's the prime rib. He's just got it all. It's just I mean, from his swing to his Beautiful wedge game to his, you know, hot streaking potter. It's just like once you have a nice slice of prime rib, you just feel satisfied. That's what you get when you watch Rory play golf. All right, let's move on to number two player in the world, Scotty Scheffler.
2: I got Scotty as a white castle slider. Because it's <laughs> it's you know, it's it's slide, it's 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 basic, it's kind of bland. Slides slides right down the chute, and it's good all the
0: time.
1: So are you hinting at his footwork there?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. His footwork is prime, the best in the game. That's that's athlete. Uh, I mean, he's 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 driving the ball. He's a piece of meat. He's he's a Texas boy. We got to go with with like a. Oh God, I. Like a full roast out there, sitting for for eight plus hours, just juicy footwork coming off the grill.
1: All right, number three, play in the world, John Rom. This is mine. Love yeah.
0: this. Love this pick. Something spicy. Something spicy from Spain. But you never know what you're gonna get. You never know if it's gonna. You're gonna make it to the weekend after you eat it. And that's polenta. Just a mix of who knows what from the ocean. could go down all right could hurt
2: i was gonna go taco bell because you know (laughs) it's it's amazing most of the time but once in a while it gets explosive
1: (laughs) it's pretty darn good until it gets explosive
0: what uh Uh, what's the sauce choice from you boys you go to taco bell you're under pressure well it's
1: it's,
2: it's always it's always the fire
0: hot if they're out of fire
1: you know whatever Number four player in the world, Cam Smith, the
2: Aussie. Tim's got one for this one.
0: <laughs> oh lord! You're driving down the road. I don't. I don't even know what you hit in Australia, but A dingo. Kangaroo. Dingo ain't my baby. Uh, you hit an animal. You go back to your place. It's an oil drum converted into. Uh, convert it into a grill and you let that baby slow roast somehow all of that greasiness all of that that questionable judgment on your look on on what you did turns out to be some of the best food you ever had
1: that says it all (laughs) i guess i was i was gonna go like just the greasiest breakfast morning that you can all (laughs) that's just slop it all together just just as much grease in that skill as you possibly can have because the dude just gets the greasiest scores when you think he's out of it. He's he's got that dirty mullet flinging in the back, just total grease monster. Looks like he just got done working at Valvoline. You know? It's
2: like a couple of like it's couple. it's like a couple of like breakfast steaks at the Waffle House. Yeah,
1: just absolute <laughs> grease bombs. Um, number five player in the world, Patrick Cantley. I
2: got one for I got one for my boy Patrick Cantley. Here's the deal. These look awful. They look hideous. They look terrible. Like you would you wouldn't want to eat them. But they're oh so tasty and good. And that's refried beans, baby. Patrick Cantley That's some refried beans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In that nice off black color. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Once he goes
2: unique low with Adam Scott, it'll be the same kind of color of, of refried beans.
1: Yeah, I got nothing for Cantley. He's too he's <laughs> tough to tough to find one for. <laughs>
0: All I could think of was burnt toast.
1: <laughs> well, we got uh, I think six. Xander Schafle, this one seems quite obvious. You know, we think he's he's uh, got the French last name from his dad, but he's very Americanized, so he's he's obviously French fries.
0: I think they yeah. call those freedom fries now after two thousand one.
1: <laughs> that one, that one was a that was a, an obvious one there. Um, Colin Morikawa.
0: Did we decide? Can I say what I was saying earlier? I think we're going to no? go souffle oh. because
2: I think we're going to go souffle <laughs> because or whatever, that was that, is that what that's called. That baked thing. that's like all crunchy or whatever. Is that a souffle? Yeah.
0: yeah. No, it, it's not crunchy. It just, it's very fluffy. It, it rises. Yeah. It, it It's very sensitive to pressure. Yeah. So like it's any like,
2: more cow could be a variety of baked goods because they involve accuracy, precision. And if they get just a little too much, you know, heat, they crack under pressure. So, you know, it could
0: be a lot of
1: things. <laughs> <laughs> um, the number eighth player in the world is Will Zalatoris.
0: Oh, talk about cracking! Right, back problems, skinny as a stick. We got to go with pixie sticks or the fun gifts. <laughs> one of the two. You got to go with either one. He is he is a candy off the sh- the shelf, and sometimes it's it's a little sensitive to pick
1: yeah i had him i I have him down his left side just because he's thin and pale (laughs) i I don't
2: thin and pale and that that putting stroke is wavy
1: that's right (laughs) um all right how about jt this is ninth player in the world JT, come on dude you're ninth in the world how are you so far first of all i'm just i'm just realizing why is he better why are you number nine well, he's it's had better, a hard JT. time about things. Get better.
2: <laughs> I got what nothing got for JT. Him? I was thinking something I don't know, something small and spicy but packs a punch, but I don't really know what that is. Or work, uh, something only,
0: workable. Tim's got one. I the only thing I had come up with was like the fruit on the bottom yogurt. You gotta mix it up to make it good. <laughs> you gotta you gotta pull it around, you gotta swirl it. You gotta you gotta move it a little bit for it to have any flavor. And that's JT's game. You got to get him in the wind. You got to get him moving the ball, uh, and in those kind of events, he's he's fantastic. Otherwise, it's all the yogurt on the top, and he's not he's not placing well.
1: It's kind of like a unfrozen freezy. <laughs> it's not in the freezer yet. Just kind of a
0: it's that Gogurt, you just suck it down. Yeah,
1: exactly. All right, so we got our last player in the top ten, and then you guys can comment to anybody else that you want. But Maddie Fitzpatrick, I have a feeling we have a tough one matching this guy. I, I thought I nailed it. What do you got? I, Golden Corral.
0: He's there. He's in the sketchers again. He's got some, some loose-looking pants on. He's ready to hit the buffet. He's in comfort.
1: So he's retired, and he looks like he's five. So how do you figure
0: food? Golden Corral's got chicken strips. I'm not saying he goes for the prime rib. He's not hitting Rory up. He's chicken nuggets all day.
1: 100%.
0: I got a player that just dropped out of the top 100
2: this week Bryson DeChambeau he's like well the puff- that's not fair he's out of the top 100 he's like the puffer fish you know they eat those things he's big then he's little and everybody, <laughs> thinks, and everybody thinks he's poisonous
1: <laughs> <laughs> they eat puffer fish huh? I didn't know that
2: oh yeah it's poisonous if you don't make it just right
1: anybody else got any golfers that you want to compare to to foods <laughs> I'm, Tim I'm you have any more not in the uh, arsenal there or are you done
0: it's, it's it's all that come to mind right now. I mean that's Brooks Kepka okay. and a protein shake, that's about it. Uh <laughs> Dustin Dustin Johnson and no food because, well, he's got no appetite.
2: Rory Sabatini could be like uh Baklava or something from over there in uh wherever the hell he won his Olympic medal. <laughs> he's
0: from. not even from there. <laughs> <laughs> he's got an Olympic silver medal from there. That's me claiming my, my new sovereignty <laughs> as I do my taxes. <laughs>
1: What's uh, is there a food that doesn't stop moving? Because if there was, that'd be Keegan Bradley.
2: (laughs) It depends where it's moving (laughs) through your digestive (laughs) system or what.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're back Um, to Taco Bell, dear Taco Bell, break 80 podcast available for sponsorship. Absolutely.
1: Well, we are kind of you know, as we this is something that we kind of all started this week. This is uh, break 80s on Substack, and we've kind of found ourselves. I don't know. Some would be passionate about writing. It's been kind of a fun couple weeks. Um, maybe it's more of a week and a half, but um, we're on Substack, writing articles um, You know, re- relative to what's going on in the golf world. If you can find us on there, subscribe and like. We'll bring a few articles a week as we can on some golf um, topics that we're passionate about. We've got one out on Roger Sandbagging, uh, our most recent one that Mike wrote. I wrote one on some uh, quarterbacks versus pitchers, who was the better golfer we got one on Joggergate, Matt Laringus, and we've got a few more in the hopper. Tim, you've got one coming out soon. Any update on that?
0: Yeah, so coming out here soon, and please like and subscribe. Uh, we'll have some links up here soon, or feel free to reach us on Instagram. But this upcoming one, titled Minneapolis Parks Department Pillages Golf Course Revenue, as the fate of Hiawatha remains a mystery. So... For those of you that aren't necessarily in the Twin Cities, there is a very historic golf course called Hiawatha. Uh, Was set up in 1934, designed by William D. Clark. And for years and years, 1957 on, held the bronze, which was traditionally a a black golf tournament. So has a ton of history and integration of golf here in the cities, integration of golf nationally. And ongoing golf tournaments uh, up to, well, just this last year as a championship golf course it was actually the most popular golf course of our public golf scene, including Theodore Wirth and Gross National, uh, Gross National known because it actually hosted professional tournaments. Hiawatha measures longer, a better total championship test. Uh, but the whole course has been under question after a major flood in 2014 that shut down the course for two years until 2016 as they removed water. It's the only time, though, that the five- to six-foot embankment has ever overflown. Otherwise, pumping efforts and ground-raising have saved the course from any really severe watershed issues. So check out this uh, this wonderful article that's coming out. Subscribe to our sub It goes into a little bit more of the economics of public golf here in the Twin Cities, public golf overall with what's happened with COVID and some of the the raises or rises in revenue. And hopefully where we can go to save a wonderful 18-hole golf course, or at the very least, do a redesign into a very successful nine-hole course. And for those that are interested, Substack and Break80 we're going to do a uh, a design, hopefully a good one. Uh, Mike will be heading up that design of oh. a possible oh nine holer Can it be nine drivable par fours? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, I'll, I'm going to write up something here in a while about what you know, what we can do, what Hiawatha could do to make a cool hip. My idea would be more like a nine hole, like a winter park kind of thing with a with a good vibe and everything. It's a good location. So look out for that. Um, with Substack, all you have to do is subscribe is enter your email. And then you get an email notification, you know, whenever there's a new article. So it's really simple.
0: Yep. And we're on we're on Substack is break 80. We're also individu- our individual names as well. So uh just take a look for us there. And uh Mike, one thing going against you, the the bronze, that tournament it has been going on since 57. Uh they're trying to get the whole land as a, a historical site. So if that does happen, it could be a bit of an uphill battle. Massive. Also, the best. The best land is is closest to the the lake. So
2: you're going to want that for your course design. Course. Massive putting course like the Himalayas. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, before we get to professional golf talk, let's uh, get a couple of questions from the mailbag here from a couple of listeners, and one of them is. Question one is, what is your favorite shot to hit? What kind of gets the juices flowing? What kind of gets you wanting to come back and play some more rounds and go off? What gets you man, that was just so satisfying.
0: What do you got? I guess I'll go first, huh? Um, Anything straight. Anything. Like any straight ball flight. It is such a rarity to not have to work the ball uh, with what's going on with my swing.
1: Do you ever try I'm to hit straight, six. Tim?
0: No. I feel like you, set up,
1: to, you set up to yeah. not hit straight. So that's what I'm asking. Yes. The hard
0: I've already given up when I've addressed the ball. Like, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a lot of things I know I'm good at. There's a lot of things I know that I'm not going to succeed at. And one of those things is hitting the ball dead straight. In fact, last time I was at uh, Golo Golf, we took a photo because my drive uh, did not leave the center line it started at center it finished at center its deviation was less than a yard and we thought that uh, that was pretty much as good as a hole one so second one 69 yards dead accurate every single time <laughs> it is a a three-quarter swing lob wedge with a little bit of spin
1: all right mike what do you got for your favorite yeah. shot to hit I'm kind of the opposite
2: of Timmy here because I feel like I actually hit a pretty low spin straight ball. Most of the time doesn't really do. I, I push it or pull it, but I like when I have to hit like a cut, you know, I'm in the woods or something. Got to hit the low punch cut or the, or whatever. I don't, I sometimes have a tough time starting it that's online. Fun. I can hit a big cut, but starting online's is an issue, but um, that's always fun. But other than that, like normal golf shots, I don't try to play anything. I hit the fucking thing straight. Like, Look at most of the best golfers in the world. Just they don't try to play shots unless they absolutely have to. They play the same thing over and over again. That's what, what's that's what like. Works. But
1: what's like? Maybe it's more like for you than what's like a yardage. Like what? What well, do you get? Like oh, like what is this? Is a like, this is? Just well, feels like let's like, see. I mean, any putt, that, to go, to any putt that
2: goes in some days is, is exhilarating. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> but, point. But uh, any tree wood,
1: any tree wood with a, the vapor.
2: I'm a big. If I got a hundred in twelve yards, ooh, that is my perfect. I like I could get there with a sand wedge, but I like the nice little baby gap wedge from 112 is my favorite number. For whatever weird reason, if it lands if the rangefinder pops up 112, I am salivating. That's my number.
1: Have you just been have you just been grinding on a track, man? Or what? How'd you know that? I don't
2: fuck. No, I don't grind. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I did I did I did I did birdie one and two at Pebble Beach yesterday on the sim, but not no big deal. But uh <laughs> 54 yeah, watch for a while. 54 watch. We got a 54 watch going. um No, I'm, I mean no. I don't practice. I just play a lot of golf. And for whatever reason, I end up at 112 yards a lot. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, 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 I am i am going to try to actually practice. I got two hours of sim on Wednesday night at Mulligan's coming up.
1: Okay, so
2: we're going to start. We're going to start grinding for qualify, the, the, the quest to qualify. We're going to start practicing a little bit.
1: Good. Well, I've got uh, two shots myself. I love a 90-yard wedge shot. I think that's just so fun. When you get your stock wedge it'd be a 56-degree, I can get it to 100, 105, but I just love where I can not think about how hard I need to swing, take a nice lawn trout. You know, I think when I don't think how hard I need to swing, the ball seems to go pretty straight for most of the time. Um And usually you're thinking about scoring, like you're thinking about getting somewhat tight. Now, what does that mean for p- different people? For me, it's like I'm pretty happy if I hit it to 15 feet from 90 yards, just a chance to make Bernie or, in some cases, make par. But, um, 90, yeah, 90-yard 90 shot is fun. And then I'm a huge, pure, long iron shot guy. Why? Because I don't do it very often. I might be the worst long iron player <laughs> in Buffalo. I just oh,
0: – whoa.
2: Buffalo, New York. Are we talking about yeah, the exactly. bigger city here.
1: Yeah, like, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is, I think I try to get too much out of long irons. And I just, I don't know. I've never been, I think I early extend. There's a lot of disasters that happen. You know, we've overanalyzed it, but a long iron shot, when you execute it, there's not a lot of better feelings just because it doesn't happen so often.
2: I, I will add, I'll piggyback on you there. I, the two iron stinger is just a, is like, a Picasso if you if you if you hit the two iron stinger and it, it works which doesn't always happen but when it does work oh that's a thing of beauty
1: I think if you pull off a shot that you don't really you know practice or like you you know one of the guys responded with he really likes to hit a, a low eight iron punch shot when it's you know into the wind or heavy wind where it's he's trying to keep it under the weather you know those aren't shots that you're sitting there hitting all the time but when you think of a shot you visualize it and you creatively do it like i've played with tim before and it's like there's no way he hits all these trees and all of a sudden he's got a 15 footer on the green it's just like
0: oh you like the el Cap. Like i know like you that, don't though.
1: yeah i know you don't practice that and you just assume that out of nowhere you don't Assuming, know where i've been jeff Assuming how happy, the- Tim? Tim, how happy were you when you made that shot? Like it just seemed like oh. you were there. It's like you just got gave birth to your first son. You were just like, <laughs> you wanted to watch to, it.
0: to watch the defeat on your face as you made a bogey from the fairway and I made a par <laughs> from who fucking knows where.
2: I was going to say double creed. I was going to say after playing in match play with you, it's I would be impressed if you hit to the proper green. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, that was one thing. And the other part of the mailbag was, and I found, I think this is more the mental part of the game, and I find it kind of interesting. We've had uh, a guy named Phil Neemel on the podcast a long time ago, and he kind of talked a little bit about this. But why in golf do we have such bad splits? For example, why do you go out and shoot a 43-36 or a 45-38? Why is that reset on hole nine something that gets people refocused? Where in reality, why don't we refocus it on hole eight, on hole seven, on hole six? Why does it take standing on 10 tee box to get everybody refocused and locked in? Is it because of the, the nine score? Is it because you're waiting to see a way better score? Or, you know, What is the reason for that? Anybody got thoughts on that?
0: Humans uh, love pattern, to say the very least. We're, we're creatures of habit. So when we get stuck into a way of thinking about things, which is front and back, I think that we we stick to those guns. We we say, you know, this one is wrapped up. It's shit the bed. In essence, this this front nine is dead. We're shooting a 45, which to some of the break 80 listeners could be good. We have hope for you. We'll get you there. Uh, and then the back is is a complete turnaround You get the hot dog at the turn. You've got something in your stomach. You've got that time to mentally reset and come out with, as we always say, right? I'm sure both of you have said this, a whole new night. It's a new golf course. And in some cases, there is and can be a fairly distinctive change in the design of the golf course, too. So it actually feels that way on some of the places that we've played. Not that Mike likes because Mike wants a congruent golf course the entire way through that looks the exact same. But course, yeah. for some of us, it's like, yes, this actually feels like a whole new ball game.
2: I I have a theory on this. Um after you've just went full eject mode on the front nine, you just don't give a fuck anymore. And you'd be amazed at how well you play when you're not worried about shooting a score, because you're like, oh shit. I am not going to put up a good number now. And then you do, it's magic. It's kind of like whenever we get outside here, I've always thought this, whenever we get outside, whether, whether it's going to be, who knows, April, uh, and you play your first few rounds. I have always thought that I play really well the first couple rounds, even though I haven't touched a club hardly at all, all winter long, because I'm just happy to be out there. I don't care what I shoot. I just wow, we're golfing again. This is great. And then as you get a few rounds in, you start thinking about stuff and you start worrying working on stuff is when you get progressively worse. But I think a lot of it is just you've you 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 let go, you're like, oh, this round's fucked. And you actually play better because you're not so damn worried about the score all the time.
1: And I think that goes vice versa. Let's say that you go out and you fire a you know, even par round on the front nine. Then you start at the turn thinking about what could you shoot. And you go full eject mode on the back nine. So it kind of goes hand in hand because you're now tightening up. You're thinking forward about what could I be shooting. I'm going to be, you know, I could shoot my lowest round right now. And instead of just playing the next hole, that's kind of what you thought about. But one thing Phil brought up too that I thought was interesting. He had mentioned that in golf, why don't we, instead of thinking of as nine and nine, and I'm sure some people probably do this. Why don't we think of golf in holes of three, you know, where you play three holes, you know, and, and kind of stop and think about how you're playing, and then you play the next three holes. You kind of, instead of breaking it up into nine, he thought that might mentally get you, uh, you know, every three holes we reset or we think about what was going well and we try to keep doing it. Or if it's not going well, giving that back nine reset after three holes instead of after nine. So I thought that was interesting. I've never, of course, I've never applied it or tried it should try that. But um, one way to think about it, if you're struggling and you want to get off the, the wagon sooner, try to break it up into three holes instead of, instead of nine.
0: What are your thoughts on breaking up into the type of hole? Par four, par three, par five, what are your scoring averages? Where do you need to focus? Should I take more focus in this, you know, mid long iron on this par three, because my par three scoring has been abysmal.
1: Well, I think that's part of it too. Like, and I think there's, times in the year where you're like you you're looking forward to a par three because maybe you're just not driving the ball well you know maybe the drivers are a hard you know so you get to actually play a hole without a driver and there's times where you're hitting a lot of driver wedges because you are hitting the ball so well and then you get to like you've got to hit like a five iron on a par three and you're not hitting your long irons well but i i still think that you know when it comes to breaking it mentally down you know if Part of it with the, with the parse threes and the par fours is every course is kind of different, but if you can keep consistency with the three holes, you know, mentality, just because of the, you know, you may not get a par three for a certain amount of time. Or you may not get your par five for a certain amount of time. Like just because of how courses are designed, he was thinking that that, or he, you know, being a psychologist major, that's kind of what he suggested for anybody that has a really hard time stopping their disaster, like letting it continue until you get to nine holes, and then you can reset. He's asking, why can't you do that sooner?
2: Because it's, it's going to be a lot of hot dogs. It's damn hard.
1: And you probably – you know, maybe it is because you don't have your drink yet. Maybe the back nine gets you that extra cocktail that you need to kind of reset yourself and cruise on. Break, or...
0: break 80. Drink seven beers.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's the
0: case. <laughs> one <not>. to start, <laughs> and then one every three holes. That's like the attribute
2: of the best players in the world, though. They can – They can focus on one shot at a time, you know, and obviously they're better players too, but I would have to imagine there's a lot of guys who were good enough golfers to make it that didn't have that. They could not stay, keep, keep that thought out of their head about score all the time. You know, I think that's a big separator. Some those guys can let go of bad shots so quickly and they, and they figure out how to focus in on that one shot at at hand all the time.
1: And I think that's kind of one of the things that I wrote about in the article on Substack with quarterbacks and pitchers. They have to have a super short memory. They can't let things bother them for a long time. Otherwise, they're not going to have any success. You know, there's been pitchers that make a bad pitch and they can't get out of a rut because they can't, you know, Rick Ankel or, you know, whatever. And you've got quarterbacks too. Like once they make a mistake, they start getting timid and they don't chuck anymore. You know, you've got certain guys that just don't care when they're, when they're back in there, Josh Allen isn't thinking about the interception he just had. Patrick McC- Mahomes isn't thinking about the interception he just had. You know, Joe Burrow's not thinking about that. And that's well, kind of what makes them probably a pretty damn good golfer.
2: I wonder what kind of golfer Jeff George was. Remember him? Just gunslinger. Oh, God. <laughs> He's firing at every flag. <laughs> He's playing for the bikes? <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's
1: no, there's no, there's a whole holding back with Jeffy George. Well, let's get to. Um, well, first of all, thanks for interacting. I mean, it's fun to have here things that you want to talk about, and like I, I really enjoy talking about that kind of stuff. Sometimes, you know, talking about only the what's going on in professional golf or what's the hottest topic, and you know, in golf can get kind of you know. There's a lot of people that talk about that, but if you find some things that we can discuss that you're interested in, I, heck, I, I love talking about the mental part of golf. It's you know fascinating to me because I'm not very good at it. So, um, Pebble recap. He does it. Justin Rose finishes it off on a Monday finish today. Um, holds off, kind of a. I was a little bit worried there with Brendan Todd making a little bit of a run right away to start the day, but but Justin Rose makes a couple nice, you know, fifteen twenty footers, um, puts it in the bag and wins for the first time since I think believe just the before the Tour Ch- Championship 2019, right? For Tiger.
2: Yeah, Tiger, Tiger's one Tiger has won twice, t- one twice in between Justin Rose's last two victories.
1: <laughs> That's incredible. Um, um, how about Pebble overall as a venue? I mean, the, the golf itself wasn't super exciting just because we didn't get a chance to see like the finish on a regular Sunday night where most people are watching, but you know, Pebble as a golf course, I, I will say like, I love watching some of those holes. I love watching the sh- small greens. Like there's a lot of times where people miss a green because there's so little, but there is a lot of driver wedges. I mean, let's be honest. They're coming in there with, for most of the time, besides nine or eight, most of those are wedge shots coming in for those guys.
2: Yeah, I'll back up for one second here when you were talking about you were a little scared about your pick. Nothing strikes fear into a, gol- a leading golfer's uh, mind and heart, like Brendan Todd. Just, it was like, it's well, like tiger, just stalking you from behind there with
1: Brendan.
2: him. and Justin It's just like a couple pieces of white bread, which one's going to get toasted faster than the toaster.
1: But that's what you were saying. Like that kind of golfer plays well at Pebble. It's the Spielmans. It's the, you know, the guys that are just, there's distance oh. doesn't matter. You know, those guys are feasting on, on courses like these. But um, overall, it was a venue. What are you guys' thoughts? I mean, it's the yeah, field is getting worse every year. It's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have to tune in to watch it. Whereas before I remember, oh, it's Pebble. I got to watch it. I'm just not, I don't know.
2: If you're watching on YouTube, I'm actually live right now from the, <laughs> uh, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And it's a complete dumpster fire because the weather's shitty. Uh, the field is shittier. Uh, I don't want to watch Jason Bateman hit shots over and over again. I don't care less if he's killing people on Netflix. Sure, that's one thing. I don't want to watch him go. <laughs> um, and then uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't like shitting on Pebble. I mean, there's great holes, and obviously, I'd like to play Pebble. I haven't played it, but it's such, it's such BS because it's it's a public golf course, but it's not because you can't, if it's just like $550 green fee one time, a lot of people would pay that. But what is it, Tim, a two night minimum stay or something now it ends up. Costing, it is now. It's like three grand to play around at pill beach, you know, comfortably get on without maybe them letting you squeak out there. If they have an open tee time. And then I've, I've heard on uh, other podcasts and stuff, the round is like miserably slow. It is like six, seven hours. You're always waiting the whole round. Uh, and on top of that, you get iffy weather out there. You could get you could get the shit they had delays in and have to go playing it. Um, so that I don't know. I don't know what to think of that of that. Here, here's the thing with
0: Pebble. It, it it does grow on me architecturally every year. It is not bad from that side. Yes, there are some boring holes as you climb the hill, you come back down before you really hit 17-18 on that back nine but the front is particularly memorable. Yes, it it is expensive. It is a whole vacation to go though, because you're not just there for that. You're there for Spyglass, you're there for Del Monte, you're there for Spanish Bay, you're doing 17 mile drive. The problem with Pebble, why are they there now? It makes no sense. It is one of the worst times to go. Uh, You go after August, it's shitty. You go is right it? now, it's shitty. They're back in California for Riv
2: here soon. Yeah, Riv is in two weeks. It's Either way, it's going to be, a, it's the California swing season.
0: You move it three, four weeks down, much better weather. It, it makes no sense to have a Northern California stop before a Southern California stop. Ah,
2: you can't, you can't, you can't. You can't jump on the fucking, you can't mow the Honda, can't mow the Honda's grass, baby. The no, that, I mean, yeah,
0: <laughs> Honda do their thing. But I thought, you know, it's been years since Bing Crosby set this thing up. And global warming should have taken its toll and it should be beautiful and sunny out. And it isn't. So don't buy electric, buy diesel. <laughs> Let's warm up Pebble Beach. I mean, you
2: you can get, you can get some good weather years. It's just a total crapshoot with, with the wind and everything in the rain.
0: You just never know. It's still cold, and I don't mind the crapshoot. I think the crapshoot is what makes something like the British Open, the Open interesting, right? Well, the let's crapshoot, the, thing about, the luck of the draw. About this tournament that's a dumpster fire, you got three different courses, and t-
2: depending on, you know, Spyglass plays way harder than the other two. Mm-hmm. So, and I actually, I think Rose kind of bucked this trend because he played on, where did he start at, Monterey? He did not start at Pebble, I don't think, did he?
1: His first round was at – I thought his first round was at uh, – Spyglass or Monterey? No, I thought he had the pole in one – his last round was at Monterey, and I think he started at Pebble. So he started – so he got the easy draw then.
2: Oh, yeah, he did because he shot five under at Pebble the first day, which actually wasn't – was like the was like the average score. So you think about that tournament. You got to, – the guys that got to play Pebble Beach day one, Keith Mitchell, Justin Rose, uh, I think Biota did – a bunch of those guys that were up there uh, – oh, and shout-out to uh, the tour advisor guys putting in a big effort at Pebble. I did like that part of it. Um, but they got, out, they got out of the gates on good weather on an easy golf course and all shot good scores. The guys that started at Spyglass had to play on the good weather day, the hardest golf course, and then when it got to the days where it was supposed to be the easier tracks – it was blowing like 30, 40-mile-an-hour gusts and sustained winds. They had no chance because they're playing catch-up right from the beginning. It's like getting the draw at the British Open, but that's only two courses. Now you got like a mix of three. I don't know. It's all fucked up.
0: I, I do enjoy the multiple courses. I still think that they could spread out camera crews and, and some of the viewing a little bit better. And, man, if if Cyprus would have just let in a few more people back in the day. They all played it on Tuesday. Like, the
2: whole – like. Most of those guys were at Cyprus on Tuesday playing. Just make Cyprus part of the damn tournament. That's what everybody well, they wants can't. to
0: see. They can't do that. Well, they could. That's what everybody well, wants to see. Cyprus doesn't want to do that. Also, uh, if Cyprus wants to let us in, we are the right folks.
2: Well, and any lawyers out there, going back to previous episodes, Tim and I's theory about just you know trespassing and paying the fine. I believe it's a thousand dollars
0: in California, which
2: yeah, it's fine, is totally worth it.
0: Yeah, I, I, sure. I, what three holes? I think we can maybe bang out three holes. We got to get to sixteen. I mean, that's the one.
2: You know what? Yeah, my big what we got to look into is is how what is the state by state record here? What is the database like in the United States? If we trespass in, in at Cypress, can we go to New Jersey to Pine Valley and, and trespass, and then they're not like
0: you know check the records and then we're, we're only getting a slap on the wrist at all these places i think they're all separate i i would imagine that the, all the state misdemeanors because we're not going to be felony right like think about it i'm never going back to new jersey i don't give a shit what kind of what i what kind of record
2: i have in that shit hole. you guys
1: you need to know what your names are you guys be the wet bandits or what's going to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: absolutely Is <that> your signature <laughs> breaking out it's the uh it's a whole new podcast from jail
1: so, well i i don't know like i one thing i like i saw this on on twitter and just gave me just ah, i just got really turned off by pebble just like you were saying they just try to bleed money out of you oh, i think it was galvin green so of course those are a lot of money i don't know why it makes them so special but the fact that there was a jacket in the clubhouse for 500 plus dollars just irks me and somebody He's, out there will pay it and it's just like here's the thing Jack.
0: it goes up that goes up in price you hit the turn there's a small club shop at the turn a friend of the podcast zach was there and it had started to rain and someone in his plane group went in and bought full rain gear and it was oh. nine hundred dollars nine hundred dollars oh. in the turn And it stopped raining two holes later. (laughs) That's what he gets. He deserves that.
2: There's a lot of people with
0: a lot of money out there. The other thing about that course, too, with the turn, wonderful food stand. Those seagulls are the most aggressive birds I've ever seen. They stole a hot dog right out of a buddy's hand. I'm not kidding. Flew down, tromped it, flew away. There it goes. $18 worth of hot dog.
1: Oh, I mean, that's, that's why you got to,
2: first of all, no wonder Lee Biotta and Keith Mitchell and Hasler got it figured out. You wear the big tour visor so they can't swoop in there and take your hot dog. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can also just eat lunch right on top of yeah. it. It's, so the perfect,
2: <laughs> it's the perfect headgear. I was so, that was, I was the most jacked about that than anything that we had three tour visor guys in the top, right? Well, oh, up for you, didn't quite get in the top 10 missed by a shot.
1: No. Yeah, I know. That would have been huge. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's, you know, Pebble's sweet in its own way, but yeah, there's some, definitely some things that are, you know, and it'd be interesting too to just, just kind of see where it is in five more years. Is it continue to just go downhill worse? Are we getting just a random gross winner every year? Are we getting, you know, some real major championship, like people that want to play there or is it, you know, is it turning into basically that corn ferry tour event? I mean,
2: it'll be, it'll be an elevated event at some point uh much like waste management is this week and they have 23 of the 24.
1: Will it be elevated though with a pro-am attached to it
2: uh I don't know it's a good question that's why why a lot of the guys don't show up they don't want to play those long pro-am rounds and all that bs but
1: yeah it's if you're serious and you're trying to win a tournament it's not really for you and it sounds like you know when you play there it's kind of more of a if you got a fun group, you probably compete because it's you know you're gonna be sitting there waiting forever, so you might as well kind of enjoy it, pretending like you're not really playing or grinding on an actual PGA tour event.
2: Unless you're Ben Silverman, who shot one over, missed the cut, but his playing partner just sandbagged the hell out of it, and you won the team in in parts, whatever it is, Aaron Rodgers.
1: If you guys can't see me, I'm doing the discount double check on YouTube here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's a plus three handy and he played at a ten. What a joke. Listen, he needed that W, all right?
0: (laughs) The dude hasn't had a good win in a while. (laughs) What a joke.
1: Unbelievable. Well, the tour heads to one of the most fun stops in all the entire year. I mean, it's just a blast. It's fun to watch. The golf course is pretty meh to me. Um, I'm not really a desert guy aesthetically. I don't really like watching it, but that's not what draws me into it. That's not the reason why... I just like the craziness, the action, the um, the crowds, the excitement. Obviously, sixteen—it's its own beast. But with that being said, like it, it got me thinking, and, and this is something maybe I even think about writing for for Substack. But it's like you've got to find, and these are to all the the PGA Tour stops, especially if you don't have a great golf course. You know, you've got to find something that attracts people in a different way other than your golf course. And in the waste management has found a perfect way. Heck, they're sponsored by a garbage you know company and they're the most, you know, one of the most sought after places to try to get tickets to that you could ever imagine. Obviously it helps with your Super Bowl time. I mean that's a really good time to have a golf tournament, but I mean you've got to think outside the box. I think we talked to Mike Welch at the 3M, like finding something at your golf tournament to get people sucked in is almost more important than the actual golf that's played. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. I mean, I know we got picks coming up, anything that you guys have that you're looking forward to at the Waste Management.
2: Yeah, it's a non-district golf course. Like Waste Management is a great sponsor for that course because it's pretty much trash. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, it is a great – but on the flip side, the golf course does nothing for me either. It's like, well, Tim's played there. It's like the other course is better, most people say, I think, that they
0: have it- there. It is, it is better. The one nice thing, the resort itself is nice. It's a water park mixed with a theme park, but the golf course is as fake as the rides. I mean, it's not even desert. It's paved. It's straight up like paved with paver rocks and fill in just, just crumble. I mean, it's not even real desert. You can find your golf ball so easily within those rocks.
2: It wouldn't even crack a top like fifteen list for golf courses around Scottsdale and Phoenix and there's so many better ones.
0: And it made it made the very bottom of golf digest's best places to play on the PGA tour. It was yeah. dead last in course ranking.
2: But it's a fun one to watch because the guys go pretty low there. They can, and the environment's great because you got 16. And so it makes it makes for intriguing golf, at least, that the way it's set up and everything. But the golf course itself is not good.
1: Yeah, it's kind of very similar to here, in Minnesota. You know, we we host the three M at TPC Blaine not because it's you know one of the better courses, but because it can just handle the people. It can, you know, handle the structure of setup what you need for a you know a, a, cha- a championship. Well, I shouldn't I know if it's championship, but a PGA Tour event, right? You need to have the structure to be able to hold what you are holding. So it's not always about the golf course.
2: Yeah, um, so, there is only a few. There is only a few in the Twin Cities here that can actually host an event. There are not many.
1: Well, with that being said, are we uh, ready for a pick segment before we?
2: Yeah. Well, a little quick recap here, Jeff, with another win. We have, uh, by the way, uh, this, we're not giving out gambling advice here on the Break 80 podcast. We're just making picks. But I would uh, find it hard pressed to find another uh, picking website out there that's picked four straight winners in a row, four weeks in a row. And only one of them, Rory, and, and in dubai or ever was a favorite the rest of them are all not favorites not even close to favorites so we're on a little bit of a streak here we'll see if we can keep it up jeff since he won again is just kicking ass right now he's up he's got seven thousand seventy eight dollars in the positive it's a lot up, of
0: it's a lot of golf trips right there
2: yeah i'm up uh just under three grand and tim is that is back to negative he was he got into he got out of the red for one week and he's back down to negative negative four thirty one seventy six. it's a write-off
1: <laughs> pick the favorite tim we back out, of the, out of the gutter
2: hey. so hey it got me some money for the waste management we got a good field we got almost every good player you know out there is playing um and we're going five hundred bucks again, our standard dollar amount for the week. And you do whatever you want with three picks. You want to pick three winners, you want to pick top five, top ten, top twenty. It does not matter. You got five hundred dollar allotment. We'll let uh Jeff, the the uh leader, go first.
1: Well, I'm I'm going for is I'm going for the kill shot here. We're going to just end things like you know we got everybody where we want them. We just need to finish it. You know, like in Karate Kid, he does a crane kick. Like this is the ender. You know, I'm just gonna throw four hundred dollars on John Rom to win. Now I will say this: John Rom has played there seven times. He's never finished worse than 16th, but he's also never finished better than fifth. So he's not like he's never really been in it. In it, um, he's not horrible at it. So this is kind of it's my theory of. They play well there. They just need their best stuff to get them over the hump. And I think John Rahm is playing really good golf outside of his last round at Tory. I think he's got a ton of confidence. Maybe I think he, puts he knows little, where his golf ball's going.
2: Maybe puts a little pressure on himself being the hometown boy. It
1: could be. I think that a little bit. But it's it's amazing that um I, I don't know if that really phases him anymore. I just think he's kinda past that. I think he's a a, a good enough golfer now where I mean he's one where he's been you know, favored. I think he's I think he was favored the year that he won at uh, Torrey for the major because he had played so well at Tory before. So I think he's already gone under that. I think he's just I think he's getting emotionally where he needs to be. I think he's you know, obviously very talented skill wise, but I got him just figuring it out this week. Hanging in there, hanging in there, hanging in there, and then making move Sunday. Boom, it's over. John Rom wins.
2: Well, I will say this to back you up there. And people would disagree. Some people say Rory, but the stats back this up. John Rahm is without a doubt the last like four years, the best driver of the golf ball in the world. Like his last four years in total driving, which is distance plus accuracy all into one like stat. He's like first, second, second, first. Like he is a driving machine hitting that little cut with that. I don't know if he could do the crane kick. He's got the short backswing. He could, he'd be more like a, It'd be more like a little <laughs> bit of a knee thrust or something i don't know but uh oh. okay rom for 400 spin uh, that would be a big one
1: that would be yeah i'm trying to end this thing and then i'm just going to go with a little you know because i want to watch more than one guy i'm going to go 50 on sahith Thagala. um we all know kind of got introduced to him last year at the waste management he played super well he's super talented he has not won yet um and that's just to top 10 by the way so sahith 50 dollars on him to top 10. He's playing pretty well. He's playing some good golf, played well at the Torrey, at Torrey Pines a couple weeks ago. Um, so I got him there. And then I also want going to just throw 50 on a guy that's very talented, has won a lot. I think he likes Florida more than he likes California. But Sam Burns, we don't hear a lot from him. And he just kind of – it's kind of like a, a siwoo. He just kind of comes out of nowhere. I just have this feeling that Sandy Burns is going to pop into the top 10, another top 10 pick for $50.
2: I was going to say, is he still alive? I haven't uh, I haven't even heard of, from Sam Burns in a long time.
1: And that's why I think he, I'm getting decent odds there because I don't think anybody's really on him. I think, you know, for a really good player that's won some tournaments, I think that's a good top 10 bet.
2: He is still 15th in the world golf rankings right now.
1: Yeah.
0: Somehow. Timmy, what do you got? Well, last couple winners, bombers of the golf ball. Big hitters. And uh, based on the odds on this pick, I need that money. I'm, I'm well behind in these these standings right now. We're going with the guy that can hit the long ball, but still has quite a bit of touch around the greens. And that's uh, Cam Young. Doesn't have a long track record here yet. So I think that's how I'm getting good odds on this. But definitely a, a long driver of the golf ball. So doing 350 on Cam Young to win at plus 3,500. And then picking a semi-local boy, but a local boy to our hearts because of Dragher gate. a man of fashion, a man of mustaches, and that's Eric Van Rooyen. And I'm picking him to top 20 for 150.
2: Cam Young, my boy, he's, uh, is he going to be jet-lagged? Didn't he play
0: last week in... Uh... In Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Kevin it's fine. He's used earth. to the desert. He's used to the desert life. <laughs>
1: hey, I need your help with something, you guys. I just thought of something. When When you guys said Cam Young, I thought Hideki. You know the What is a food that you pause before you eat? Like, should I really eat this? You take a little pause. You bring it up. Do I need this one?
0: Miso soup. You gotta, you gotta make sure it's the right temp. You gotta blow on it. Usually, like any, any
2: pizza after I've already devoured like three quarters of it, and I'm like, God, (laughs) do I have to eat another one? I don't know. And then then it's always yes, yes, I do. Absolutely, fill it up, (laughs)
0: finish him. (laughs) <laughs> mike's 13th beer of the night oh yeah.
1: yeah Yes, exactly all right i just had a i had to chime in there i just think <laughs> that'd be a good
0: all
2: right i'm going three straight winners this week just picking winners here we're gonna go 200 bucks on fee now at plus 1800 he got ninth at the farmers he's he's been in contention like every event in like the last eight months or something he's played he hits it long. This course calls for it. He's also a sneaky, good iron player, which this course, that's like one of the things uh, at this golf course that you need to be. I'm also, I know I know we had him as a, as a souffle, and he cracks under pressure in our food segment, but we're going to go Morikawa plus 200 or plus 2,000 for 200 bucks. Um, Everybody talks about the choke, you know, at, at the Sentry. But he's played two events this this year. He played the century and farmers and he's got second and third place. So it's not like he's playing horrible. And um, I believe I read somewhere that this golf course calls for more, even though it's a bomber's golf course or whatever they say, on tour for the year, this calls for more shots from like one fifty to one seventy five than almost any golf course. And he's like number one in in those categories. Uh, Cause he's a great ball striker and I don't know uh, putting, you do have to put that well. And then my last pick to win for a hundred bucks at plus 8,000 played well at pebble. He's a man of sweaters. He's a man of, of tour visors. He ripped into a Raj for being a sandbagger. So he's a man of our hearts, Minnesota. That is uh Keith Mitchell who played great. Actually he did. I watched a little bit of it. He made nothing. He didn't putt well, but he hit it. Great. So Keith Mitchell is kind of primed, and he kills the golf ball. He murders it. He's long, too. So we'll see what he can do at uh, at the waste management.
1: I've always loved Keith Mitchell. You know, playing fantasy golf for, for a lot of years here, I've always loved Keith, Keith Mitchell on the West Coast swing. Yep. I feel like he's always played pretty well in those West Coast events. I think I remember p- picking him last year, and he played pretty well. I think he kind of sucked on Sunday, as usual. But, but uh, good pick there. I like that one.
2: He was actually, I think he was kind of legit pissed about Aaron Rodgers being a ten-handed. Did you see the interview? He
1: yeah. was
2: like, he was like, Josh Allen and I won. That's, he goes, Aaron Rodgers cheated. He was like, not even joking. I don't think. I think he was pissed.
1: Well, there you have it. That's our pick segment. Um, we'll see how we do. We're trying to go for number five. We want to want to finish strong here and see if we can get it. Um, before we sign off, here another. You know, just want to talk about making sure you help us out by subscribing to all our channels. Instagram, YouTube, um, Apple, Spotify. Now that we're on Substack, helping us out there. We're trying to bring as much uh, you know content as we can throughout the week. We're three busy guys. Um, you know, Mike and myself are out. You know, changing the world. I'm teaching <laughs> while Tim's just scrolling through Tinder, trying to find his <laughs> next date. <name. laughs> hold on, hold on.
0: I'm selling drugs.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> changing the world. He's
2: changing the world one pill at a time. That's right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and then a break has, our a our break 80 podcast emails, uh, break 80 podcast at gmail.com. So send us an email and things like that. So and, other uh, than that, it's going to be a fun week.
2: Come to the golf show at February 25th and 26th. We'll be there live in the morning.
1: Heck yeah. Come to the golf show. Remember we got, we really want to get this out there. We're going to create our own golf course from Minnesota golf courses, put our own 18 holes in. I've started to think of mine and it's not easy so uh, I, it'll be kind of fun to see what we end up with when we when we put it all together so really appreciate it thanks for listening and uh, we'll talk to you next week maybe today's the day I break eighty, What the ball to draw but it keeps the so fading
0: no OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80 is the gold
1: Would to hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 Break 80 Break 80
0: Break 80